What's up, everybody? Welcome to another edition of a Broken Man Podcast. I believe we are at episode number 31, if I'm not mistaken. I know it's been almost six months since the last episode, and I apologize for that. But And I'm not going to get into this big whole thing about me, 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 what's been going on with me. Um, same old story. You know, it's just, it's the same thing. I, I, I just lose it. And, uh, I don't know. I don't purposely walk away from God or try to get away from God or anything like that. It just, you know, that's just my sinful nature. I mean, that's just the way it is. There's no other way to put it. There's no sense in going into detail because it doesn't really matter. You know, it's, it's, uh, my sinful nature is my sinful nature. We all have it. We all have our sinful natures. We all have things that trigger us. We all have traps that we get caught in. We have snares. By the way, I was listening to Pastor Mike um, yesterday, and he was talking about traps and snares. <laughs> so you might hear that a lot in this podcast. Yeah, I get something stuck in my head, and I'll just end up beating it into the ground. But thank you for joining in again, and hopefully, I you know I'm not I'm not going to sit here and say that yeah I'm going to start doing this on a regular basis because I do it every time, and then I end up not. So let's just we'll just go with it for right now, I guess. You know, it, it's some I, this is what I need to be doing. I know that for a fact. This is what I should be doing. I shouldn't be doing photography videos on YouTube or. Stuff like that. I, you know, trying trying to be YouTube famous. I mean, I I should be doing this, and maybe this on YouTube as well. You know, maybe maybe that'll happen. I do have another channel set aside just for, um, Broken Man. Well, I called it Broken Man Video because it's obviously video. So, uh, just kind of another part of the Broken Man franchise that I I don't really have. I I guess I do and I don't. But I, you know, I've been involved in in a few things and and just kind of uh, drifted away again. The good thing this time, though, is I finally discovered. See, God always brings me back, no matter how far I stray, no matter how I try to walk away from what I think God may have in store for me or want me to do. I still somehow manage to. I guess get his grace and understanding and love and and he brings me back. But he always brings me back a little bit stronger. He brings me back with a a a, a little bit better. And and this time he helped me see the hurdle that he helped me clear, I guess I, I I should say. He helped me clear a hurdle, a very tall hurdle that's been uh, a thorn in my side for a very long time. And you've heard me speak about it in the past, about my questioning my faith and, you know, am I even saved and, you know, stuff like that. You've heard me say it, if you've been following this at all. I've discovered, you know, I, I used to have a problem with the once saved, always saved philosophy or doctrine, however you want to say it. But I finally accepted it because it makes sense. Now, on on one end, you've got all the detractors that say, "Well, if you're once if you're saved and you just you can just go off and sin, do whatever you want. You can just you know do whatever. All the debauchery you can get yourself into, no problem. You're still going to be going. You know, you're you're still good. 
murder, kill, that's the same thing. I don't know why I said both. Sex, drugs, rock and roll. But what they don't tell you is when you're really truly saved, and, and here, if you're having the same issues I was having before with wondering, questioning your faith and questioning whether this is all real and if it's even, you know, are you still saved? Can you lose your salvation? You know, if you're, hey, if you've been going through all this, like I was for all these years, all these years I've wasted whatever gifts God gave me to do whatever it is he wanted me to do instead of what I wanted to do, which was be a complete moron. I didn't listen to God. I didn't, I didn't, you know, I didn't, uh, I heard him. I just didn't listen. And I wanted to do my own thing starting from high school, you know, on up. So we're talking a lot of years, a lot of years. What they don't tell you is you carry a sense of guilt that is unmatched by anything else. Now, obviously, a majority of people, I would say, have moral standards, and they will experience guilt if they know they did something wrong, morally wrong. Lie, cheat, steal, murder. A majority of people, I think, I'd like to, you know, I'm giving the benefit of the doubt to humanity. A majority of these people know, you know, realize that they're wrong and, and they know they're doing something wrong or did something wrong and they feel guilty about it. However, when you're a believer in Christ and you know you're sinning, you, even when you know you're about to sin, because you know our flesh is weak. We are just weak human beings. A lot of times you know you're going to do something and you start feeling guilty before you even do it. And you dwell on it. And a lot of people say, well, you're not supposed to dwell on this and you're not supposed to dwell on that. You know, yeah, that's true to a point. But if you're saved, you're going to dwell on it. it it's going gonna, it's gonna to haunt you. I know it does me. And, and it's still a lot of things, you know, I still feel bad about a lot of things that I've done over the years. And, you know, there's some people might say, well, you know, your life hasn't been that bad. You haven't done that bad a thing. I mean, you never killed anybody. You know, you've, you've only had minor law, I guess, brokenness, <laughs> speeding tickets and stuff like that. You know, you never robbed a liquor store or robbed a bank. Can't say I've never stolen anything because I guarantee you I have. Uh, stealing is stealing. I don't care how big or how small. It's stealing. Stealing is stealing. But all these, all these uh, preachers or, or just people in general, church people, that tell you that because you continually sin, that you're not saved, they're wrong. Now, there may be a lot of those people that aren't really saved. But I guarantee you, if you could dig into their head, if you could, if you could apply Elon Musk's uh, brain deal, I can't even think of the name of it right now. Uh, if you could, if you could see what's in some, inside of somebody's head, there would be a. I guarantee you, there's a big difference between somebody who's saved and somebody who's not saved about how the guilt is, how much guilt, uh, how deep that guilt is. 
I guarantee you there's a difference. There's a difference. That, that's why I know a lot of people that have morals. I know a lot of non-believers. I know a lot of people that claim they don't believe at all, but they're morally good people for the most part. You know, I mean, for the, you know, they help people. I know people that help people that uh, feed the homeless and, and do all kinds of stuff for people. They're good people, but they're not saved. I hope, I hope someday they are. I really, really do. I, I hope everyone listening to this is saved or gets saved. I hope uh, all my family and friends, I hope everybody, you know, anybody and everybody that can be saved, I hope they do. Now, the Bible tells me that that's not going to happen, and I have to believe what the Bible says. I haven't read it all, but I believe every word that's in it. So in a nutshell, you know, at least one good thing has come out of this absence, this almost six-month absence since I've done a podcast, is uh, I finally realized that nobody can take my salvation away from me. Satan can't take it away. You can't take it away. Nobody can take it away. God gave me that salvation. He gave me that grace through his son, Jesus Christ, and I can't lose it. I just can't. The thing about it is, when you sin, you're carrying Jesus with you when you sin. And if you think about it that way, it might help you out to not sin as much. I know it's helped me out just recently. We're talking, I'm, I've had this revelation just in the last couple of weeks. So, I mean, it, it's, it has helped me. I have uh, temptations. I have anxieties, depression. I have all that stuff, but it has actually helped me knowing, knowing now, not thinking and not wondering and not worrying, knowing that I am saved through the blood of Jesus Christ. And nobody, not even Satan himself, can take it away. And I know when the time comes, I'll do the right thing. Yesterday, I just... You know, I, find, I haven't touched my Bible, I don't know how long. And I picked it up, and I just held it because I needed it. I need God's Word. We all do. And I feel horrible because I haven't read enough of it. Uh, but I happened to pick it up and just kind of hold it for a little bit. Um, I, I, I opened it up. I, I just, I opened it up to a couple of places. The first time was, uh, I believe Acts and I was kind of, you know, reading some of it. I didn't quite understand some of it. So I just like, well, I'll just flip somewhere else. And I just flipped open to Mark, the book of Mark. And it was around chapter 13. And of course, from what I understand, this is talking about the tribulation and, you know, the tribulation period when the disciples are asking Jesus, when, how are we going to know when all these things are about to happen, when you're going to come back and when all this destruction, you know, when God's wrath is going to happen, you know, how are we going to know? And Jesus is laying it out and saying, well, this, you know, he's, he's kind of going through if you, I won't read the whole chapter, but if you want to go see Mark chapter 13, of course, all four Gospels have some sort of account. 
And of course, the book of Revelation is, you know, one whole prophecy book, and it, you know, goes into more detail. But the thing that kind of stood out to me, I guess, is, um, where was it at? It's uh, chapter 13, verse 9. Uh, verses 9 through, oh, 13. So 9 through 13. So chapter 13, verses 9 through 13. And it's, uh, but, but take heed to yourselves, for they shall deliver you up to councils. And in the synagogues ye shall be beaten, and ye shall be brought before rulers and kings for my sake, for a testimony against them. And the gospel must first be published among all nations. So it tells you right there, that's one of the prophecies that has to happen. That's one of the biggies. One of the major prophecies before Jesus can come back is, you know, that's something you'd always heard, at least I heard growing up in the churches and stuff is, well, the word has to be preached to all the world. And I started, you know, I used to think about that. And and it's like, and I used to think, well, I'm good. I'm going to have a you know, long life, because there's no way they're going to get to the jungles of wherever these aborigines, and they're not going to be able to preach the word, and they're not even going to understand it, so how how are they going to know? And you start thinking about all these little civilizations that are on islands and all these different things, you know, because the world's a big place. You guys, I don't think most people understand how big the earth is and how much landmass is actually there. They tell you that our population is, we're overpopulated. Uh, we're overpopulated because we're too many against them, against the elites. They, they, a smaller population won't, are easier to control. We're getting to a point where we're out of control now. But anyway, so I used to think, man, I'm good for, I'm good for a while, because, you know, that's how I used to think. That's why I wonder back then I was saved. Because now I look forward. I want Jesus to come now. Like right now. It wouldn't bother me if he came in the middle of this, me recording this podcast. <laughs> so if he is a, I would say if there's sudden silence, don't worry about it. But of course, this thing ain't going to get uploaded. You know, if I'm not here to upload it. So you're not going to know. So I used to, you know, I'm like, I'm good for a few years. It's going to take forever for the entire world to hear the gospel. And now look, there is, I honestly, I'm pretty sure that base has been covered. I would be hard pressed to figure out or think of a place that hasn't been touched by the gospel, that hasn't been uh, preached to a, a civilization. There, I don't think there's any hidden civilizations left. I'm pretty sure they found everything and everyone. There may be a few but not very many. But it says the gospel must be published among all nations. So in other words, God's word has to be published to everyone, has to be available in everyone's language, in every part, every corner of the world. It has to be. I'd say we're pretty close, if not already there. And going back to verse 11, but when they shall lead you and deliver you up, take no thought beforehand what ye shall speak, neither do ye premeditate, but whatsoever shall be given you in that hour that speak ye, for it is not ye that speak, but the Holy Ghost. So in other words, when it comes time, that's what I was talking about before, when it comes time for me to do 
whatever it is God wants me to do, if he's going to leave me alive, and, and, and by the way, it's up to God whether I die or not. So if he has me alive at a particular moment, and it's time for me to get up in front of people, they arrest me or, you know, because that's what they're going to do. They're going to they're gonna nab all the Christians. And it might happen before the rapture. That It might start happening before. You never know. You never know what kind of situation you're going to be put in. You have no idea. And God may put you in a situation. And honestly, I'm, I'm a little envious if he puts you in that situation because that is a great position to be in. You're speaking for God. You're speaking against the enemy. You get to do that publicly, man. That's, that's, that's something that I would love to do. It's like spitting in the face of Satan. You know? And, we, and maybe we're not supposed to feel that way, but I really can't wait. I really can't wait. But you're not supposed to have a speech prepared. You're not supposed to carry around notes in your wallet or your purse, in case you get nabbed off the street. You're not supposed to have a whole speech laid out in your head, memorize it, ready to go in this big, grandiose fashion. Because, you know, we all kind of do that. We all imagine ourselves up on a stage, and everybody loves us, and they're clapping, and they're just looking, and you're hanging on every word, and you feel so important. Yeah. Nothing's going to compare to that if you're able to do that for Jesus. And it reminded me when I, 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 I do these podcasts, I don't prepare. I mean, I've prepared a little bit. I'll have verses up and stuff. If it's something that kind of trips my trigger and I want to talk about it, but there's a lot of times a majority of my podcasts are just off the cuff. I, I just sit here and whatever pops into my head pops into my head. And I know God's got control over some of that. I know he does. And I've never, I've, I was never like this before. You'll notice my voice will change a little bit because I get congested. And, but anyway, I, I never was like this when I was younger. Like I could never crack a mic. And, and I honestly think that even though I regret a lot of the stuff that I did, radio, all the shock jock stuff, and um, all, just all of it. I regret what I was talking about. I regret saying what I was saying and thinking what I was thinking and, you know, all the different stuff. I regret all that. But God's forgiven me for it. But I, I think maybe that's where I learned, like I had to go through all that to get to a point right now where I could turn on, start the recorder, start recording, and just let it go. And maybe that's God. Maybe that was the gift that God gave me. Maybe that, maybe this, I just had to eventually grow into it. I don't know. Maybe I'm thinking way too highly of myself. I, I have no idea. And I'm not, I don't try to, I don't brag. Anybody that knows me knows I don't brag. I'm, I'm more down on myself than anything. There's times I hate myself because I'm lazy. And there's so much more that I could do. And, but, but on the other, on the flip side of that, if I was all hot and built and stuff like that, and you know, the the person that I uh, envy to be, I would be a much worse person. I would be a horrible person, and I may not be saved, to be quite honest. I would be of the world, not of Jesus. 
So in a sense, God saved me, making me the way I am. So I have to accept the way I am and love myself for the way I am, because the way I am led me to him. The way I am kept me with him. So if you hate the way you look, if you hate the way you feel, yeah, there's certain health. The Bible tells you how to be healthy, how to stay healthy. And it is good to be healthy. It's good to get healthy. I don't mean just sit around and eat donuts all the time and get bigger or, or feel worse. I'm not saying that at all. I do need to get my act together. But the thing about it is, you're the way you are sometimes for a reason. And I feel like this that verse in this chapter kind of speaks to me because it, it's like, I know who he's talking to and talking about. But I think about it, I like, man, he does that all the time with me. And who knows how, who, however many people he does this to. They, they just get up and they just start talking. And sometimes, like, I'll listen back to my, some of my podcasts and I'm like, man, I, I couldn't even plan that out. If I wanted to, there's no way I, I wouldn't even be able to write all that down and, and have it structured the way it came out. It just perfectly fit. I don't even realize I do it. It just, I'll bring something back around to the, you know, it's, it's so weird. So honestly, think if you, if you have the situation where you're able to speak and if you just open your mind and, and don't try to even, don't try, don't try to think about stuff to say, God will put things in your mouth. The Holy Spirit is, is going to put stuff in your mouth to say. Just to ask, you know, moving on to verse 12. Now the brother shall betray the brother to death and the father, the son and children shall rise up against their parents and shall cause them to be put to death. You see what's going on the last few years. And ye shall be, ye shall be hated of all men for my name's sake, but he that shall endure until the end, the same shall be saved. So yeah, not only is he talking about the tribulation, but I think he's talking about both. Before the tribulation and after, I think it, it actually works well for both situations. Because we still have to endure until God takes us out. And God's the only one that makes that decision. Satan doesn't make that decision. He'll throw a bunch of roadblocks in your way. He'll trap you and, 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 and try to basically make you go kill yourself or, or, or make you do something that's going to kill you. I mean, he, he can do that, but you're not going to die until God says you're going to die. It's not your time until God says it's your time. Now, that doesn't mean you go tempt God either. You, Thou shalt not tempt the Lord thy God. You know, don't be going around jumping off skyscrapers thinking that, you know, there's just so much out there that needs still needs to be talked about, and there's a lot of it I want to cover. There's a lot of it I want to I talk about. And, uh, again, I'm not going to sit here and say, I've got to, I'm going to have a schedule and all that because I don't trust myself. I trust God. I trust Jesus. I don't trust me. We fail ourselves. We fail other people. We fail every single day. We fail. We fall and fail. But the word of God is never wrong. The, the word of God never will fail you. And I know for me personally, I need to read more of it. And, and I'm going to try to make, you know, I've said in the past too, I'm going to try to make a concentrated effort to read the Bible more. And I know if I did, I know if I did, 
God would be throwing ideas in my head for podcast. I guarantee you, he'd just be throwing stuff at me left and right. It'd be jumping off the pages. Because that's usually what happens. That's usually where I get a lot of, well, that's I guess is where I get all my inspiration from. You know, I'll crack open the Bible or, uh, or if I'm watching Pastor Mike or somebody or another preacher or something, and they happen to be, you know, talking about the Bible or, or a certain uh, sermon or something, you know, and it'll give me an idea, and then I'll, you know, do a podcast. So the other reason why I wanted to do this uh, impromptu <laughs> podcast was, of course, uh, unless you've been living under a rock, you know that Russia has invaded the Ukraine. There's some serious, uh, serious implications prophetically. Uh, I'm not worried about it because God tells us in the Bible not to worry about that stuff. Don't worry about that stuff. You're going to hear wars and rumors of wars. Jesus said it. You're going to hear wars, rumors of wars. Don't worry about it. You know, don't worry about it. People, uh, pray for those people that are involved. Pray for the innocent people that are being injured or killed or uh, loss of property. You know, all the things that are going on right now. Pray for all those people involved. Pray for all of them. Russians, Ukrainians, everybody. But don't worry. You should be excited because it's just another hard to fall before Jesus comes back. I hate to see what war does to, to people and countries, and it's horrible. It's, it's just absolutely horrible. I can't even imagine what they're going through. I'm not excited about that. I'm excited about Jesus coming back and making sure that never happens again. That's what I'm excited about. And that's where our eyes should be. Our eyes should be to the sky, waiting for Jesus to come back. Don't be all depressed and, and, you know, your stock prices went down, gas is going up, and all these different things going on. Don't worry about it. I know it's tough. Trust me, it's hard. It's really, really hard. But that's what Jesus tells us to do is just don't, don't, don't worry yourself over all these wars and rumors of wars. It has to happen. All these things have to happen. Matter of fact, it's up in, I, actually, I just caught it. It's, uh, it's still in chapter 13, verse 7. And when ye shall hear of wars and rumors of wars, be ye not troubled, for such things must needs be, but the end shall not be yet. So you're going to hear this stuff, it doesn't, you're gonna, and you're going to have people come out and say, oh, this is Gog versus Magog, you know, this is this and this is that. And you're going to hear all these different things. Matter of fact, I saw um, somebody had, there was a rumor going. I tell you where I'm looking, I'm looking at Damascus. Because if you know, that's one of the prophecies and the end times is Damascus will be laid to rubble. That's where you need to be looking. Don't be looking at Russia and Ukraine or China even and Taiwan. You be looking at Damascus. That's where you need to watch. Because uh, something pops off there, it's on. <laughs> it is on. Guaranteed it's on. But there was a rumor that uh, the Damascus air defense was activated shortly after Russia invaded Ukraine. So somebody's doing something. Somebody's like, I don't know if they're... Russia's got all their attention in Ukraine, so because you, you know Russia and Syria are working together, 
And if Russia's back's turned and they're worried about Ukraine and then somebody else is going to sneak in and when Russia's not looking and do something, I don't know. And of course, China is still flexing their muscles over Taiwan and there's all this stuff popping off all at the same time. So we're, you know, we could be there. We could be at that World War III stage or getting real close to it. Putin's already, you know, basically threatening nuclear annihilation. If anybody uh, fights back or anybody tries to attack them in any way, he's more or less said it. I mean, he didn't come right out and say it, but he, he pretty much said it. So don't worry about it. Keep track of it, but just don't worry about it. I'm looking forward to Jesus coming back. I, I'm sorry. I just, I'm not sorry. I, I, I just, I'm looking forward to Jesus coming back. I ruined this life. This life was given to me by God, and I ruined it. But God pulled me out of it. He saved me. He forgave me for every sin that I've committed, every sin I will commit until he takes me out of this world. And now I'm longing to go home. This isn't my home. I know there's a lot of you out there that you're worried about the future financially. Um, and trust me, I make some stupid financial decisions. I just made one, actually. I know you're worried about that stuff. And you want your kids to experience a life or family members, brothers, sisters, friends even. Maybe you're in school still and you're, you know, you're looking for, cause I think about my son talks about stuff all the time and he's always talking about the future and I'm just, you know, I don't want to sound like a Debbie Downer when I talk to him about stuff, but I don't think they're going to, I don't think his generation's going to make it very long. I really don't. I think Jesus is going to come back before they get a chance to live this life that they think they want but trying to show them that that's not the life you really want is hard. It's tough. You have to throw your, pick your spots, pick your battles, try to slip it in there and then let God do the rest. That's all you can do. You can't force these kids or anyone else to, to accept Jesus. They have to do it on their, on their own. But I know anybody that's worried about that and all that, you're, I think you're worried about the wrong thing. If you're in that mindset, you're of the world. You're worried about the world. You're not worried about Jesus coming back. You're worried about your status in the world. You want to grow old and retire and enjoy, quote unquote, enjoy life. You, what's so enjoyable? So you can sit down in a lawn chair and go visit different places and look at stuff. Watch your kids and grandkids and you know all that. Yeah, that's enjoyable, but that's all worldly things. That's this world is is a horrible place. It can be good at times. There are good people still left in this world. There really are. I know it's hard to see because the news, the media, they basically put all the worst people out there. Not to mention social media, you're seeing the worst of people. I mean, I, I honestly can't believe how many people still are involved with TikTok. <laughs> I, really, I really can't believe it. Because TikTok is like an accumulation of the dumbest people doing the dumbest things for attention. 
and it's not just TikTok now. It's uh, you've got the YouTube Shorts or something, and you've got the Facebook Reels or Instagram Reels or whatever it is. And it's a majority of it that I've seen personally, which kind of triggers my addictions and stuff at times. So I have to, you know, try not to look anymore. But it's just a bunch of scantily clad women needing attention. And they're, they're, when they get the attention they're looking for from the right men or women, then they're fine with it. But when they get un- unwanted attention from somebody they don't want attention from, oh, all of a sudden you're a sexist. And, and it's, it's not just that. We're talking, you know, we can do this with racism. You can do this with all the isms. You know, it's, it's all just ridiculous. People are just, they've lost their minds. I still, you know, at point, if I didn't believe in God, I would say we were kicked into an alternate reality. I'd say the Hadron Collider screwed up and we are in an alternate reality because I would never in a million years guess society would be the way it is. Everybody needs so much attention now, especially these young kids, mostly women, mostly girls. And it's, it's just sad. It really is sad that these people need so much attention to get through their daily um, social social media has ruined society. It hasn't brought society together. It has ruined society. It's basically created a bunch of people that think they're stars and they deserve their, it's not even 15 minutes anymore. It's 15 years of fame. Look at me. Look what I look like. Look what I can do. It's just sad. And you've got adults that are sucked into this too. And it's, that's, that's more disturbing than anything is these adults. And I know what some of them are looking at. You know, I mean, it's basically just another hotbed for, you know, pedophilia. And then on top of that, you understand TikTok is a Chinese company, right? This is a Chinese-owned company. What better way to feminize and ruin the West by inventing an app that people just are dumb? People, they just, they use it for all this attention. And they get them so soaked up into these belief systems and, and and they use it to spread propaganda and and people just aren't seeing it. I don't even have TikTok on my phone. I had it for like two days or something and I just I was disgusted with it and I took it off my phone. This is like a year or two ago, whenever it first started or shortly after it first started. And I still have friends that send me stuff. TikTok links, you know, and it's I just, I refuse to, I, I just can't, I won't put that app on my phone. I've got some apps on there I don't need. I shouldn't have like Twitter or some of these other social media, but TikTok is a whole new animal. That's a whole different story. People are just so needy now for the world. Not They don't need God. They need the world. They need attention. And it just, sometimes I get so angry. I get so angry because I, and I, I just, so there's times I just wish God would send Jesus back right now. That's why I, and again, I hope a lot of people get saved. I hope a ton of people get saved when the time before Jesus comes back. 
I'm not saying I don't want people to be saved. I just want God to come and wipe everybody out. I'm not saying that. But I'm tired of the sin. I'm sick and tired of the sin. I'm sick and tired of the infighting within the churches. I'm, I'm sick and tired of the fighting about doctrine. I'm sick and tired of uh, some, some of these people using God to benefit with money to get rich off of, like Joel Osteen. You know, I'm just sick and tired of people like that. I'm sick and tired of Satan. I am absolutely sick of what he's done to this world. And I cannot wait until God sends Jesus back. I don't care when it is. I don't care what time of day it is. I just, I just send him back. Come back, Jesus, please. Jesus also said, and I'm paraphrasing, if he doesn't come back at the at a, at a specific, you know, at a specific point in time when all this is going on, you know, that we're going to destroy ourselves. We are well on our way. Look at society today. And there's some of you out there that haven't been, you know, haven't don't have to deal with this TikTok stuff and all these, you know, attention grabbing people and Maybe your kids are grounded. Maybe they're good human beings and maybe they're they're in the church and they're saved. And, you know, God bless you. And and you know, thank goodness we got parents like you and, and kids like that out there that hopefully they'll be able to influence more than these influencers of sin. Hopefully they'll they'll gain some ground. And I want them to, and I want as many people to get saved as possible. But I'm telling you right now. Jesus also said, narrow is the gate. That gate is super narrow, way more narrow than I think we understand. And it's unfortunate that there are people that are going to go to hell and they're never going to accept Jesus. People that you love, people you know, people you've met, people you've known in the past, relatives, kids. They're never, it's just something you have to accept. Remember, your relationship with Jesus is your personal relationship. You are responsible for that relationship. You can plant seeds all day long, but if they don't grow, there's not a lot you can do about it. And it's sad. But I, I just, I can't wait for Jesus to come back. Hopefully, we get some of this uh, rolling on a regular schedule. Again, I'm not going to say that because <laughs> sometimes I don't. Um, thank you, each and every one of you, for still supporting the podcast. If you listen, I'm sure it'll take a while to build back an audience again. Um, people probably wonder where, where do you go again. But if you, t- if you know my track record, you know this is what I do, and hopefully this is the last time it happens. I'm not going to say it is, but I'm hoping it is because that hurdle of realizing that nobody can take my salvation away, that was a pretty big one, and, and, and God got me over it. Only God got me over it. So if you're worried, if you're truly saved and you're worried if you can lose your salvation or anything like that, nah, you can't. You're going to carry a lot of guilt around, though, if you, if you keep sinning. You're going to hate yourself. 
but you're not going to lose your salvation. Again, thanks for listening, and uh, I don't know, we might uh, we might revisit you real soon. You guys stay safe out there. Keep an eye out on what's going on in the world, but don't worry about it. Jesus is coming back soon, I promise you that. So make sure you're ready. Make sure as many people in your life is ready. 